0: Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. So you may notice that I sound super chill right now, and that's because I am. It's Thursday, December 29th, and we are three days away from 2017. So I wanted to do a special episode today where I kind of come on and share with you three things I learned with regard to health and wellness in 2016 and three, thir- three things I learned with regard to business in 2016. Um, I wanted to do this episode alone because I'm just really nostalgic. It's something about these New Year episodes. I did an episode at the end of 2015 And um, I think it was entitled Looking Ahead to 2016. And I think I gave about six or seven tips about, you know, what to be mindful of in 2016. And so as this end of the year was approaching, you know, I told Jay, you know, we'll reconvene with our regular show next week. And she'll be back on and we'll be back up to our shenanigans as usual. But I told her, you know, I'm going to do this episode alone because I really want to introspect with you guys and share what I learned in 2016 and the huge impact it has made on my life. I cannot even tell you how much this year has changed me as an individual, as a friend, as a daughter, you know, as a spouse. I am just so different and 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 I can tell right away. You know how sometimes you go through things or you experience things and it's not until later that you are able to recognize your growth. Well, I can tell and see it and feel it like immediately. And it's just really amazing to me. So I just wanted to share some of my intellectual highlights from 2016 with you guys today. And hopefully it helps to make your 2017 one that is super memorable for you as well. So I'm like chilling on my couch right now. I'm in my favorite little corner snugged up. um, And I found a leftover bottle of white in the refrigerator. I don't usually drink white wine, so... Um, And I like my white wine chilled and I drink my reds room temperature. So I found some white in the fridge. So I poured a small glass and I'm like, I'm just going to record this end of the year podcast for you guys. And because as I've been reflecting and as I was writing notes for this episode, I was just like, wow. Like it's it's so it's something to write down and be able to see in black and white your thoughts and your perceptions and your visions and your goals and your lessons and your teachings and your evolution and as I was writing down the things that I wanted to share on this episode I was just really in awe like really me really I know that now like that's me now and so (laughs) um I I inspire you. I implore you to do the same for yourself, like kind of just do a reflection. Everyone's talking about New Year resolutions in 2017, as we always do around this time. And that's totally cool. I was at an event last night and they were going on about vision boards and how to properly do a vision board and about goal setting and about journaling. And I think that's absolutely amazing and necessary. However, I think it's also necessary to take a minute to reflect on the past year and really pull out the lessons that you learned and um, the evolution that took place in your life. How are you a different person? How have you impacted and changed your community, your friends, the people around you? Um, what, What... did you garner from 2016 that you're taking with you in 2017? What did you garner from 2016 that you're not taking with you in 2017? I think before we start looking at visions in the future, it's really important to stop. And that's my man ET says, self-assess. And so this podcast is going to be all about my self-assessment for 2016. So here we go. I'll be taking momentarily, excuse me, I'll be taking momentary pauses that sound something like this as I take a sip of this chilled white. Okay. So first I'm going to delve into the three lessons that I learned in 2016 with regard to health and wellness. And the first is the significance and importance of diet with regard to your health, not just weight loss. And specifically for me, a plant-based diet. So many of you guys know me, may know me personally or have been around me or heard my story and how I've lost over 65 pounds and my journey to health and what that all entails. And that all happened in previous years. I've since lost lost my weight. I've been maintaining it now for a couple of years. I've been, you know, working on strength training. I've considered doing competitions and All of those things are really cool, but the biggest impact in my health by far has come from me transitioning to a plant-based diet just this year. You know, this time last year, I was still eating meat. However, I had given up dairy. So I think I gave up dairy around October of 2015, but I was still eating meat and eggs and other animal products. And so... It wasn't until a couple months into this year that I all of a sudden began to get really, really disgusted by chicken. Um, And it's like, no matter how healthy I tried to buy it, grass fed, organic, free range, you name it, it always had like this really weird hue, like this really weird color to me. And every time I ate it, I would feel a little nauseous and sick to my stomach. And you know, I will buy it fresh and cook it that night. I would try different ways, but I never, for some reason, all of a sudden, chicken just turned on me. And so I had already given up pork and beef. um, And so I decided to go full throttle and just give up um, meat altogether and poultry. However, I didn't give up fish right away. I decided to become a pescatarian. So I was like, okay, I'll still do seafood because it doesn't bother me. And so I did seafood for a while and then I stopped doing seafood and now I've since reincorporated some seafood back in my diet I still do salmon um, from time to time so I may have fish you know one or two a handful of times a month very very small portions and um, not even when I go out it's actually when I buy when I go out I'm usually completely plant-based it's really interesting But when I tell you the plant-based diet, I am so in love with this lifestyle because it works for me really, really well. When I first gave up meat, the first thing that happened to me was my entire body began to detox. And I didn't realize it till later, but I started breaking out really bad all over my skin. And I thought I was allergic to my clothes. And I thought I maybe had an allergy to something in my home. So I, I went to the dermatologist and we could not figure out why this skin conditioning was happening. And I ended up sitting down with the herbalist and she told me, you know, the, your skin is the largest organ on your body. And if you're ever going through any type of detox, that's the last place will, where it will present itself. And so after just thinking about it for a while, I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, one major thing that I did was take meat and dairy completely out of my diet. And now all of a sudden these toxins and everything are releasing through my skin. And it was so, it was just like so weird. And it was such an eye opener. And then I was filled with so much joy to know what the skin condition was, that it probably wasn't permanent. And that I didn't have to trade in all my clothes for like 100% organic cotton, you know? So it was amazing. But beyond the physical, um, beyond the physical transitioning to a plant-based diet, the biggest impact for me was the mental and I cannot even tell you how different I am with regard to personality and individual, like stability mentally, like clarity, memory. Um, My chill factor is like crazy. And I, and I have to, you know, be completely open and honest. In addition to transitioning to a plant-based diet, a few months ago, I also began fasting once a week. So one day a week, every Tuesday, I fast for about twenty hours, and I'm trying to work my way up to a complete twenty-four. I started at twelve hours, and now I'm up to twenty hours. And so one day a week, I fast as well. And so that, in combination with a plant-based diet, which is free of a hundred percent free of dairy and free of meat and poultry, and I do do some fish, and I'm very selective. It's wild-caught salmon. Every now and then, some white fish, but mostly wild-caught salmon, no shellfish um, at once a couple times a month, and I cannot even tell you I sleep better. I have more energy. I pop out of bed in the morning, and some, some mornings I have to be up as early as 4, 4.30 a.m., and the bloating has completely went away in my, in my belly. Even after I lost 65 pounds, I was still bloated. And so this plant-based diet, I tell you, has been a game changer for me so much so that, you know, I promote it at Professionally Fit and I've created a whole online course about, you know, transitioning to a plant-based diet. I follow so many doctors and so many people in the industry who are plant-based and I learn and I study it every single day. And I cannot even tell you how many chronic illnesses and diseases, both physical and mental, that can be resolved completely, you know, obliterated out of your life through your diet alone. And so I'm not simply saying that um, you can only do this through plant-based, but that's what worked for me. Um, And it's been an absolute. Game changer. So, the second thing that I uh, learned in 2016 with regard to health and wellness is the importance of staying ready. That I have to be honest, you know, like most people, when I decided to lose weight and I was doing it for aesthetics. I didn't like my body. I didn't like my legs. I didn't like my belly. I wanted to change because I wanted to love what I saw in the mirror. And now that I love what I see in the mirror, my motivation for exercising consistently has shifted and which is totally okay. Right. That's just evolution. And so now I've, Come to realize that it's not about a flat belly or the perfect behind, but it's about staying ready. In 2016, y'all, I accidentally ran a 5K. I accidentally ran a 5K. Um, I accidentally just on a whim climbed a mountain, well, a sand dune up in Traverse City. Like I was, and 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 when those opportunities presented themselves. I was ready. Like I was ready. And I can't even tell you how good it feels to be in a moment where your life can be completely enhanced by an experience and you are prepared to take it on. Do you know what I'm saying? So like I was jogging one day and on this particular path that I was jogging on, the entire like sidewalk was blocked by these hundreds of people. And I'm, I, you know, surveying the area and quickly realized that it was some type of race that was about to take off. Everybody had, you know, the shirts on with the numbers pinned to them. There was this big old start and finish line. And I'm like, okay, well, what's this? I'm out jogging. So instead of like turning around and going my merry way, I just happened to arrive at the perfect time when they were like, about to blow the whistle and take off. So I just started running with everybody else. I didn't know what this 5K was for. I had no idea where we were running to. I honestly didn't even know it was a 5K. I just realized that as we were going along and they had different checkpoints and turnaround points. But I literally accidentally ran a 5K. I ran up on a 5K. And instead of just doing like a little mile and a half quick jog, I was like, okay, I'll knock out 3.2 miles with all these people. And it was like so fun because I ended up like, ended up like racing this other girl who her and I would kind of stand with each other the entire race, the entire run. And so at the end, her and I were approaching the finish line at the same time. And so I just started speeding up and she started speeding up and we basically raced each other to the finish line. Um... Spoiler alert. I won. <laughs> but, you know, I was ready. Like I was physically ready. I'm talking about physical fitness right now. I was physically ready. A friend of mine planned a girl's trip up to Traverse City and Michigan this year for her birthday. And we are we went to the sleeping bear dunes and we went to the dunes and of course i had never been to the dunes my girls had never been to the dunes and we came up and there was one lookout lookout number 9 i still remember the number and it was one of the most beautiful lookouts i had i've ever been to and i've been to a lot of places and the water was endless and blue and all you in the sun was Shining and bouncing off this beautiful sand that was completely unadulterated, was just like unmanipulated, and everything just looked so pure and beautiful. And the sky—you didn't, couldn't tell where the water began and the sky ended. And it, and so you had the option to walk down to the bottom of the sand dune, you know, to maybe just dip your foot in the ocean or the river but then you had to get back up the sand dune which was the challenge and there was this there was even a sign posted like you're you know you go down the sand dune at your own risk and if you cannot get back up the sand dune because it's so steep and you basically have to bear crawl up then you we can rescue you by helicopter but it's gonna cost you right So just on a fly whim, again, I had never been to the sand dunes. I didn't know what to expect when we went up. I'm thinking we're just going to sightseeing, you know, light work. I asked my girl, like, we're about to climb this dune, right? And we did it. We did it. And we were just, and now we have that experience. In our memory, in our holsters, like that's something that we owned in the moment because we were ready. And so one of the major lessons I learned in 2016 with regard to health and wellness is the importance of staying ready, You physically have to be ready for life. You never know what obstacle and or opportunity is going to be presented to you. And if you aren't physically ready, I'm strictly talking about physical right now, not financial, not mental, not emotional, not intellectual, strictly physical. You never know when you're going to turn the corner at the same time as a pit bull. You never know when you know, you're going to have to react really quickly to something and you don't want to break a hip trying to do it. I mean, that's the, (laughs) you know, long and short of it. And, or you want to be able to climb a freaking mountain, sand dune, or dust a perfect stranger in a 5k when you need to, if nothing else for the purpose of a great story to tell. So, you know, this year guys, stay ready, stay ready ready. It is so imperative and it means everything. My life is literally enhanced because I prepare myself physically for whatever my day wants to throw at me. And so my third lesson with regard to health and wellness this year is about mental and emotional health. So this described it perfectly. And I couldn't, I didn't know how to describe it until I listened to an interview with Tony Robbins just the other day. So anybody who knows me knows I'm like a podcast interview junkie. I'm always open and up for um, absorbing some information from somewhere daily. And um, I've made it a part of my daily practice. But so I was listening to an interview with Tony Robbins the other day. He's uh, If you've never heard of Tony Robbins, he's considered one of the top motivational speakers in the world. He's a billionaire. His companies do about $5 billion a year. He is um, considered a money and wealth management guru um, and a self-help and self-development guru. So he is really, really um, pretty much at the top of his game. And... Uh, Recently in an interview, he was asked, how does he deal with breakdowns? How does he deal with um, things that come at him like e- emotional or psychological barriers or you know, maybe being exhausted because he pours so much into other people at these huge conferences he holds with thousands of people, um, coaching other people. So the interviewer, one of my favorite, Lewis Howes, asked Tony, how does he deal with breakdowns? And his answer, he simply said, you know, if you're an athlete, you're not going to have a breakdown in your body like someone who doesn't take care of themselves, right? He's like, well, the same thing applies to psychological and emotional fitness, He's like, emotional fitness is a state of readiness. Just like physical stress, you can deal with emotional stress. And when you've endured moments of extreme stress, um, or when you've experienced moments of extreme stress, and you've endured during those moments, it takes a lot to throw you off your game. It takes a lot to knock you off your square. And so, Tony talked about this concept of emotional and psychological fitness. So just like my point number two with regard to staying physically ready, you have to stay emotionally and psychologically ready. It's one of the biggest lessons I learned in 2016. And I'll give you an example of how I recently realized that my psychological and emotional fitness have probably quadrupled in the last several months. Um, I attribute it to my diet a thousand percent by removing sugar and dairy, um, all that mucus um, and all that sugar out of my body. I know the significant changes in my mood and my temperament and by removing meat out, out of my diet and by fasting once a week. But more importantly also, by all the self-development practices that I put into play in my life. I, without knowing, unbeknownst to me, had been working on my physical, excuse me, my emotional and psychological fitness. So I meditate regularly. I practice gratitude regular, regularly, like verbally announce what I'm grateful for daily. I practice affirmations regularly. I keep sticky notes posted around my home affirming the things that I believe to be true and that I want to exist in my life. I practice affirmations. I practice visualizations. I literally lay in my bed and close my eyes for a few minutes and visualize either what I want my day to look like or a certain event that I have coming up or a future bigger goal, what I want that to look like. So I practice visualization. Um, I practice way more kindness and patience now. And these things, I have to say, are 100% intentional. It's not just when the opportunity is presented to me, I practice these things intentionally. And so all this time, without really having a name or a title to put to it, I have been working on my emotional and psychological fitness. And how that, came to pass recently, I have to tell you. So I did business with a company last year. Um, I purchased a system, a platform from a company last year, and I um, paid $800 for this particular platform. And so after a year with them, I decided to use someone else. And so I let them know a month before, my contract was set to renew, that I would not be renewing with them, right? So, you know, come around the time that my contract was set to renew, they deducted $800. And I had all my email transcripts where I communicated directly with this gentleman about us not renewing, we were not interested. And um, his affirming that message was received and they deducted $800, literally uh, maybe two or three days before Christmas. So this just happened. And I have to tell you, my response was so chill that it shocked me, like so chill that it shocked me. I simply whipped out my phone, tried calling, but it was like a Friday or Saturday night when I discovered it. So I didn't expect to get an answer, which I didn't. I left a voicemail. The voicemail was so kind, guys, that I think I ended it with like Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Like, oh, you inadvertently charged me $800. We, you know, of course discussed that I wouldn't be renewing. Please, you know, submit the refund as soon as possible. Thank you and have a Merry Christmas. Like it wasn't like this super firm, like you can still get your message across by being friendly and kind. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times and places where firm and stern are absolutely necessary, but this was the first point of contact. I wanted to give them a chance to rectify the situation without any hiccups. And so I was super kind. But beyond that, I was super patient and super unangered by this. And I was like, wow. Like I didn't get mad. I didn't stomp and curse. I didn't, you know, list all the reasons why this was a major inconvenience, Christmas events, about to go out of town, all these things. It was just like, hey, <laughs> they took a, okay, let me uh, call them, get this reversed, no big deal. And went on with my night. And I cannot even tell you how this time last year that would have riled me up so much. That would have just got under my skin so much. I would have been so angered. I would have called and vented to at least two or three people. I probably would have left them a horrible voicemail. And my temperament was just like, eh, I'm sure it'll work itself out. I'm definitely going to get my money back. There's no need to get my panties in a bunch. And I mean... It might not sound like a lot, guys, but I took that on, on that obstacle, you know, that hiccup a couple of days before Christmas and just was like, what else? And I shocked myself like, wow, it's almost like I don't even have the ability to get angry anymore. I cannot even tell you the things that used to frustrate me out of my mind are just non-existent anymore and I'm not saying I don't still get a little teed about certain things but it's not nearly how it used to be. Um I even had before this $800 incident I even had a bigger incident with school. Um A lot of you guys may know that I've decided to go back to school so I'll be starting school next month and I had an even bigger incident happen that literally risk me starting school and possibly even having to reapply to the entire university. I'm gonna share that with you guys next week on the show when uh, Jay joins us again. So I'm gonna share that story. But when I tell you I dealt with it with so much chill, it shocked the heck out of me. It was like I was outside of my body looking at myself. So (laughs) um, emotional and psychological fitness, is imperative. You know, you have to work on your psychological and emotional readiness, just like you do your physical fitness, because you never know what your day is going to bring. Every day we're faced with challenges. And if you do not make sure that you are ready, that you are armed, that you are sitting so deep in your gratitude That a small thing like somebody mistakenly charging you for a service that you didn't want won't throw you out of your mind and your temper. And like that's how deep I sit in my gratitude and my peace and my state of mind now that things like that do not get me riled up. But this is an intentional exercise in my emotional and physical fitness. Just like my physical fitness. And so, those are the three things that I learned with regard to health and wellness this year. Number one was the monumental effects of a plant based diet. Number two was the importance of staying ready physically. And number three was the importance of staying ready mentally and emotionally. You know, practice, try and find exercises and ways you can put these things into practice in 2017 because you will become unstoppable when you do. So finally, I'm going to move on to the three things I learned with regard to business in 2016. Definitely wanted to touch on these things. You guys know I am passionate about entrepreneurship. And I mean, even though I'm a fairly new entrepreneur, like I just fell in love with entrepreneurship and I know for me, there's no turning back, which is, which does not mean that I will never work for anybody else in my life. You never know. One of my mentors, recently, after being an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur for many years, um, was recently recently approached with an opportunity, and where he will be actually the director of operations over this super uh, large and new gym chain um he was approached by his mentor to to come on board and work and so he went back to a salary job and he actually left entrepreneurship after years of success and so he didn't do it for the money but um but he left entrepreneurship so I'm not saying that I would never work for somebody else again and I don't look at it as a fail or a step back if you do after giving entrepreneurship a try um, it could actually be a way to propel you even further and deeper into entrepreneurship. <clears throat> but I, I've, I've, I fell in love with entrepreneurship, and I love talking about it and love sharing what I've learned thus far. And I can't wait to hear and, and share the lessons that I learned in 2017. But this podcast would definitely be remiss if I did not share three lessons. Um, with regard to entrepreneurship that I learned in 2016. So here goes. And the first is that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Many people believe that if they're good at something, if they're good at their craft, that they could start a successful business. If I bake the best cakes, um, if I sew the best clothes, you know, if I give a great advice and everybody always listens to me and comes to me, then I could probably do this for a living and be really, really su- successful. Uh-uh. <laughs> Simply not the case. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, you can be great at your craft and do it for somebody else um, or kind of do it as a side hustle. But just know when I'm talking about entrepreneurship, I'm talking about if you don't work, you don't eat, right? As my girl, Myleek, say, says, you eat what you kill, right? So, you know, one thing I learned very, very, uh, very quickly when I started my business is that there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of moving parts in a business and only one of those parts is what you actually do. Baking, sewing, giving advice, AKA coaching, right? So only that's only one moving part out of many in a business. And if you are not either prepared to learn or prepared to hire, and I personally am of the belief that even if you do hire, you should still learn the particular task or craft. But if you are not prepared to learn or hire um, for these other moving parts, then you will fail really, really quickly. And entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It's not a negative thing. Some people own the fact that they love working for other people, but for some reason in our society, working for other people has been frowned upon, has been looked at as, you know, bad. It's got a kind of gotten up, excuse me, gotten a bad rap. And I don't know why. I think it's very honorable to work for someone else, to be a part of an organization, um, and to know that your job And well, this company could not thrive. We could not produce our final product if it wasn't for you. You, We need you here to help us produce our final product, right? I think there's a lot of honor in that. And I think there um, should not be any shame placed on working for somebody else. And if you try to work for yourself and discover that entrepreneurship is not for you, I think that's okay. And um, it's okay to say I tried either. I didn't like it. I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't interested in learning or I failed and I'm going to, you know, go back to the drawing table. And in the meantime, I'm going to get a job. Like that's totally cool. Like if everybody was made to be entrepreneurs, like the world could not function Us entrepreneurs need people who are great at being learners, followers, order takers, you know, that is an exceptional talent. And, you know, Tiff, who works for me here at Fit Camp 360, she is, um or excuse me, professionally fit. Oh, my God. So we cha- we rebranded a couple of months ago, and we were formerly Fit Camp 360, and now we're professionally fit, and sometimes I have a tongue slip. But Tiff, who works for me here at Professionally Fit, is... When I say amazing, I love this girl. She is so, she is so coachable is the best way to describe it. Like, and when she needs help with something or when she doesn't know something, her pride and ego are of no consequence. She'll reach out to me and say, hey, Lise, I need help with the selling or, I need to know how to deal with a client who is just not X, Y, and Z, you know, and she'll come to me and we'll kick it. And she is so receptive and she is so helpful. And she asks, how can I be better? How can I do better? How can I be of service to the brand and to you because I support you? And that is hard to find. She's not trying to sidestep me or use me or even necessarily compete but even if she was like even if she if her you know vision or end goal was to own her own company I would be so down for that and I would support her so much because I know how genuine she is and I know where her heart lies and where her vision lies and where and her mission and just her passion for helping other people get healthy and so But she is a great worker. Like she is phenomenal. And and she is what helps to make companies great. And, and, And so entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And I wish more people would come to grips with that. Because sometimes I think maybe we know we're failing and we're not doing great, but we keep chugging at it. And we refuse to go back to the drawing board, maybe to save face. Maybe to save money, maybe you know to save our ego and our pride, but I think it's really important to recognize that, hey, this may not be for me because you know your website shouldn't have misspellings or clearly screenshotted photos or um you should have working pieces, and you should you should know how to follow up and. You know, when you're at events and you're pitching your business, you should know what you're talking about and what you should know what you do and you shouldn't be unsure. And, and, and there's just so many components with regard, you know, your social media pages should be up to par and look professional. And if you're not able to maintain or learn all those moving parts, your books, how much money did you make last month? Um, How much did how much of that was profit, you know, revenue and profit are two different numbers. You know, you should know, you know, what business taxes your business should be registered. There's so many moving parts. Like sometimes you you think, you know, all you have to do is go in the kitchen and bake cakes. And that's just not the case. So, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And I and I wish more of us would be honest with ourselves uh, about that. Second lesson I learned in 2016 with regard to health, or excuse me, with regard to business, is that study and continuing education is essential for growth. It is non-negotiable. Study and continuing education, particularly with regard to your craft, is essential and non-negotiable negotiable so I recently read something that says one hour of reading one hour of reading a day about your craft whatever it is if you do one hour of reading a day in five years you'll be an expert now I don't know if that's true or not (laughs) and I actually plan to test it out with, with inadvertently by going back to school I'm sure I'll be studying every day at least for an hour right But one hour of of reading every day in your craft in five years, you will be an expert. And when I read this, I was like, oh, that's funny because every single day I study my craft. Every single day I study my craft. I'm super passionate about health and wellness, particularly nutrition and mindset with regard to behavior change. And so I study these things regularly and consistently. And I've been doing it for so long. It it, it was never intentional. That's the cool thing about it. Uh, This just happened for me by accident. But I study every day, but it was never intentional. I didn't read that, that um, fact first, or that that fun fact first, and all of a sudden decide to do it. I actually started studying every day because I just love learning about nutrition. I'm like, hmm, what really happens when your body releases insulin? Hmm. Why is it so hard for people to stick to a clean eating regimen? What's happening psychologically there? Hmm. What's these chemicals that they're feeding these animals or what? Effects does animal eating animals really and truly have on the earth and the environment, or huh, I wonder, you know, how does one really properly meditate like is do I do I have to sit with my legs crossed in a completely silent room and how long do I have to do that? and what's the benefits and where like all these questions just come to me and I look them up and I research and I found find experts in the field and I study and I study and I study. And I study. And so when I read this fun fact that studying one hour a day in five years you'll be an expert, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm on track to being an expert. And it was just really cool. But moreover, you know, I've actually had a client say to me, and, and this particular client, he's older than me, and, and by about uh, almost 20 years, he's he's about 50-something. And he recently said to me, you know, Lisa – I love talking to you and I love our coaching calls. He said, because you never cease to amaze me with your knowledge. And he's like, I am always shocked at how young you are because you always have an answer to my question. You always know what you're talking about. And I've tried intentionally to stump you. You know, I was like, I had to clutch my pearls, like, oh, you tested me, <laughs> right? But he told me, like, he admitted flat out. He said, I've tried to question you and stump you, and you always come back with the answer. And what's crazy is that I don't, I'm not, I don't know for a fact, I don't know everything, right? And I've been labeled by some as being a know-it-all, whatever, <laughs> But what's crazy is that all the questions that he asked me, I really do know the answer because there's, it's, t- it's typically like technical nutrition questions and stuff that we talk about or questions about exercising and muscle groups and things like that. And I usually actually genuinely know the answer. And we talk about a lot of things, even with regard to mental health and um, conditioning in our, in our society. And I just always have some input on it. And I and so when he said that, I was like, oh my goodness, wow, I didn't know. And I but all I can think about is the benefit of always studying my craft. I never want to be met with a question that I don't know the answer to, or as my good friend has taught me, that I don't have the access to 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 answer, right? So I might not know everything, but I should absolutely, I should absolutely have the resource to get it. I should be able to tell you where to go, right? And that is the absolute key. So you study and you study, but you'll never know everything about your craft, especially if your craft is one like mine that is ever evolving, right? somebody comes out with a new diet, a new way of exercising, a new cleanse, new science behind meat or new science behind dairy, right? I'll never be able to keep up with the information as fast as it's being produced. However, with me constantly studying every single day my craft, I will still be more well informed than the competition and so it is imperative that you study your craft every single day and if you love it if you love it you will retain it you will absorb it and you and it will just make you so much better so that's lesson number 2 with regard to what I learned in business for 2016 study your craft every single day. Continuing education is imperative. If there are conferences, um, annual or quarterly conferences in your craft, go, right? If there are experts, follow them. If there are books, buy them. If there are podcasts, listen to them. Study every single day with at whatever that looks like for you, but never get stumped by a client, a potential client, a colleague, or the competition with something that you don't know or don't have the access to the answer. And finally, the third and final lesson that I learned in 2016 with regard to business. So you may have heard the phrase, if you build it, they will come, right? If you build it, they will come. And if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. If you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. I'm here to tell you both of those are absolutely 100% unequivocally untrue. (laughs) Untrue. I repeat, untrue. So if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Let me tell you something, and maybe I'll have a totally different perspective on this a year, five, ten years from now. But how I feel today on December 29th, 2016 is this I love what I do, and I work every single day. I work my butt off every single day to share my knowledge and my gift with everyone else. It is work it simply is you know and i get the concept i get what they're saying if you love baking cakes and you're in that kitchen and you're in your zone right you're you're blending you're measuring you're you're sauteing you're you're heating you're spreading right you're in your zone and you love that but the fact of the matter is you know once that cake gets in the oven you know, you have to then, then fill it, figure out how to price it, how to package it, how to market it, how to sell it, how to, how to upsell it, how to, you know, make it profitable. You have to figure out how to get other people to love it, right? You have to get to, you have to figure out how to get other people to love what you do because you can love what you do all day right? But at that point, it's pretty much just a hobby or a pastime or a hustle. But when you get other people to love what you do, when you get other people to love what you do, that's when you're in business. And when I tell you it is work, it is so much work. And I would not trade it in for anything. But if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life is a load of crap, hands down. And if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. And so a lot of begin uh, startups and uh, early entrepreneurs, and I'm saying this as humbly as possible because I'm still an early entrepreneur, but we have these amazing ideas and visions and we toss them out into the world without having validated our idea And if we don't validate our idea, then if we build it, they ain't coming, right? If we don't validate our our idea, if we build it, they ain't coming. So this thought behind, if I build it, they will come is simply untrue. The very first step is validating your idea, right? And so you know when i first started fit camp 360 which is now professionally fit the reason it was called fit camp 360 is because i had this major vision of having a 8 week fit camp that was going to be uh it was a pop up 8 week fit camp so i was going to rent out space in gyms in different cities throughout the state and eventually the uh nation And I was going to pop up and have this eight week fit camp that was for physical. So, obviously, we were gonna be working out, but then I was gonna, the the way we were gonna be different (laughs) was that there was going to be nutrition lectures and mindset coaching incorporated into this fit camp. So, it wasn't gonna be just a regular boot camp where you come exercise and you go home. You had scheduled days where you also came in. And we taught nutrition, which in my eyes was the missing component to most successful uh, health and wellness programs. A lot of programs put a huge emphasis on the exercise, but not a huge emphasis on the nutrition, or a huge en- emphasis on nutrition, not a huge emphasis on the exercise. And nobody was putting emphasis on the mindset. So I was like, oh, shoot, I'm gonna give these things, these three things, equal weight across the board roll it into this well planned out and articulate fit camp and this thing is going to pop up so I'm going to go and sit down with gym owners and or you know just spaces available spaces owners of space (laughs) and rent it out and have this fit camp and so that's why we would call it fit camp 360 because the 360 was fitness nutrition and lifestyle we addressed all three and boom 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 to this day, from that day to this one, we still ain't had a fit camp. Do you hear me? <laughs> from that day to this one, we still ain't had a fit camp. And I'm and I'm not even saying that it was a horrible idea. I never even validated that idea. I just went out and started talking to um, gym owners and started trying to negotiate space and I got flyers printed up. I set dates for my first couple of Fit Camps. And I had a website with dates upcoming for the Fit Camps and blah, blah, blah. And when I tell you nobody registered, nobody signed up, um, you know, I'm canceling camps. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, you know. And so if you build it, they will come. It's such nonsense. You have to validate your idea in business, guys, you have to, you have to make sure somebody wants what you're offering. You have to make sure that what you're preparing to present to the world is not only going to be lucrative um, for you, but it's going to really, really solve a problem and serve a major purpose for someone else. And now I professionally fit We coach female entrepreneurs and executives how to eat and train for the body, life, and career that they want. And this was validated without me even trying. You know, I began to look at the people who were coming to us for coaching, you know, because after we dropped the whole eight-week Fit Camp idea, I decided to do online training instead. Because I realized from working in a traditional gym setting that the missing component for a lot of people who weren't successful was the inability for them to, quote unquote, take their coach on the road with them. You know, we, the gym I worked at in particular, serviced a lot of professionals and professionals often travel or professionals have vacations or professionals have big projects that take up a lot of their time. And them not having access to, you know, their coach, their nutrition, and their phys and their exercise regimen from wherever they are was a problem. And they were canceling memberships because they couldn't show up every Tuesday at six PM to meet with their trainer. It was just becoming impossible you know, and so I was like, okay, that's a need in the industry, so I set out to create that, and then as I got going, and as Fit Camp 360 slowly evolved, then I realized, okay, wait a minute, there's a, even a, a, a even smaller community of individuals that I would prefer to service, and here's why. I began to get clients that were entrepreneurs and professionals and they begin to talk to me about their limitations in their life and their business um, directly because or these things were uh, a direct impact of their physical fitness or their health not being up to par and I said whoa this is something because if the entrepreneurs and executives and these people with major followings and communities aren't firing on all cylinders if they aren't performing at their best that means they're in product and their clientele isn't at its best and so by me helping them I'm inadvertently helping many many more right so i decided to target the head of state i decided decided to target my peers other black female entrepreneurs and executives who are owning companies starting businesses but they're burning themselves out they're eating like crap they're neglecting their physical fitness and they're not doing any self-development on a regular basis to ensure that they are firing on all cylinders and that's how I was able to validate professionally fit what is now professionally fit and so If you don't validate your idea, guys, you will not only lose money, but time, energy, esteem, confidence, you'll lose all those things. So plan and perform wisely. The, if we build it, they will come. Phenomena only works for McDonald's, (laughs) unfortunately. If we build it, they will come. Only works for McDonald's, you know, but for the rest of us. We need to validate, validate, validate. We need to study and ensure that we're doing continuing ed. And we have to be honest with ourselves about whether or not owning a business, whether it's profit or not for profit, is really for us. And whether we're a good fit for it, you know, um... Recently, I, when I decided to go back to school, I was talking to a lot of academic advisors from different universities. And, and one line, one of the academic advisors said to me, she was advising me about how to load up my schedule for school and what will look good um, down the road uh, with regard to how I take my classes and what classes I take with other classes and, and things like this. And she said point blank period to me, you know, you may have the heart, but do you have the intellect? You may have the heart, but do you have the intellect? And that was a monumental moment for me. I'm like, holy crap, do I have the intellect? Because at this point, you know, I was just doing this because my heart is so in it. And in one of my recent blog posts, you know, I actually wrote about how her saying that to me, how it moved, how it shifted my whole world like and and for me just because of the type of person i am i'm so alpha i was like i took it as a challenge right so although initially it was an intimidating question i'm now i've now set out to prove that i not only have the heart but the intellect to match it but the same question stands for entrepreneurship you may have the heart but do you have the intellect and it's not to say that you can't go out and get the intellect but if you're not one of those gifted individuals who can um, operate efficiently every moving part that there is in a business, then you have to be willing to go out and get the intellect. So you might have a super strong passion or a passion about mentoring women or coaching other entrepreneurs or being a life coach or being an amazing confectioner confectioner or you might have all this heart about domestic violence or financial planning whatever it is the heart is one thing but the intellect is a whole nother animal so you have to be willing to go out and get it if it doesn't come naturally and part of that can just be studying for 30 to 60 minutes a day you know that can be, that's, that's how I work on my intellect because my heart is there. I never lose passion for wanting everybody in the world to be healthy. I wish obesity didn't exist. I wish diabetes didn't exist. And I'm going to spend my life's work working toward that goal, a goal that I may never achieve, right? But that's heart. That's what heart is. That's working towards a goal that you may never achieve, right? Because it's so big. However, the intellect is what really rounds it out. And so I implore you to take heed to some of these things that I'm saying because I really hope it helps to bring home some things for you in 2017 like it did for me in 2016. And I cannot wait to hear from you guys, your stories, your journey, meet some of you on our paths. Hopefully our paths cross. And I look forward to learning so much from all of you guys in 2017. Cheers. I'm going to take another sip. This is my cheers to you in 2017. Wishing you nothing but health, happiness, and joy. Until next week, guys, be well.